welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Strong Dojo podcast, where each week we talk about all things Wrestle Strong Dojo on Fight TV, as well as interviewing uh, some of the superstars involved, as well as some reviews and previews. Uh, my name is Elliot, and as always, I'm joined by Sean. How are you, Sean? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, always good to be here, Elliot. Um, we got to watch another great episode of uh, Wrestle Strong Dojo on Fight TV, and I'm looking forward to reviewing it with you today. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to getting into it. So uh, this week's episode, episode six, Retribution. Well, we sort of saw a little bit of it last week. Uh, Jay Chalmers sending a message, um, not very happy with a certain uh, Almas Terrible. Um, I don't know. No, what, you, I mean, what do you think? Well, there's a, definitely a bit of backstory. We've seen this building over the last few weeks or the last few episodes, really, between Jace Chalmers and El Masterible. I mean, uh, we, we did see a bit of a phone call back and forth between them, something, a bit of an innuendo. And I, I do remember, now, we didn't see it in this episode, but uh, I know previously that WrestleStrong Dojo Facebook page had shared, shared a bit of footage saying that uh, El Masterible trying to defend himself, saying, Apparently, uh, Australian travellers are like luggage, uh, that airlines lose them all the time. So, who knows? Maybe maybe he uh, he has something towards that defence. But uh, i tell you, Jace was looking fired up in this match. And uh, you got also, we, we must uh, admit that the boys looking a little different on this episode. It seems to be a, a Halloween theme. Yes, yes, it was a Halloween theme. Um, uh, throughout the episode, you see a lot of people dressed up, not just the wrestlers. Um, what looks like uh, would have been a pretty fun event. And uh, our mastery play was dressed up as maybe everyone's third favorite Dragon Ball Z character after Gohan and Goku, I'd say. I, I, I think um, it's, it's wrong to make assumptions there, uh, Elliot. I think some people <laughs> quite enjoy Vegeta there. Uh, and we also saw Jay's Chalmers as Deadpool, probably everyone's favorite Merc with a mouth. So, uh, both guys chose to go with a couple of strong warriors to represent themselves, and uh, the crowd seemed pumped for this match. They really were excited, really invested. Yeah, um, I thought this was a very good match. The match going 10 minutes, 21 seconds, when um, Al Mass hits him with the, you, you could probably pronounce the finishing move better than I. Patada de Muerte, which as we found out, translates to the kick of death. Yeah, so Almas um, able to pull that one out, considering um, uh, Jace had it over him for most of this match, I feel. Yeah, Jace Chalmers really uh, worked on that arm. He got that arm early, as we saw. Um, he really got outside. He pushed Elmas Terrible into the ring post, and he took it pretty hard straight on his left shoulder. And then, well, Jace Chalmers, he's a pro. He knows how to work it. He really targeted that shoulder. And uh, it was, I think El Masterile really had to pull something out to be able to get that win. We even saw after he celebrated that when the ref tried to hold his arm up in victory, he winced and uh, had to change arms. As I said, Jace had probably most of the match, but maybe there was a little bit of Vegeta there and El Mas probably just, you know, a little bit of power just at the end there to, you know, snatch the victory. Maybe, just maybe, El Masterible had uh, snuck in a sensu bean. What do you reckon? <laughs> Possibly. Oh, but uh, no, another great match from the two. Um, once again, those two have really been impressed with both of them. They're both big boys. Uh, they both move quite light, the big guys. Uh, they don't mind a bit of mat wrestling, but they've also got a good array of kicks. 
So we did see El Masteribe pull out some good Muay Thai kicks to try and get back on top, but Jace definitely hit a couple of big, heavy kicks to get the ascendancy as well. So I really enjoyed hard-hitting match. Both guys grappled well. Crowd loved it. And uh, El Masteribe got the win and the uh, two points in the tournament. And probably as always, they, they loved the match but didn't like Jace. No, um, uh, well, let's face it, unless you're actually Bondi, I don't think anybody likes these. <laughs> no, I think that's across all of um, all of New South Wales would say the same thing. So after the match, we saw a, uh, a D.B. Robertson promo. It looks like he was uh, skimming stones there on the lake. Yeah, uh, D.B. Robertson, boy from the bush. I mean, not just a super athlete. And he is a super athlete. I mean, geez, look at him without his shirt on see him in the ring. He's got some moves, but uh, good to see a bit of personality out of DB in this one. What we see here, we only get highlights of the match between DB Robertson and uh, Genghis Kong. Oh, geez, being in that, I can almost feel being in that ring. I mean, they're only highlights, but ouch, Genghis looked like he was really, uh, really laying it in thick there to DB, but hey, DB brought his A game. He was there to fly around, wrestle with him as much as possible. And uh, well, uh, maybe Jenga's uh, got a bit of his own medicine at the end of this match. Yeah, he did. Um, no, same thoughts about the match. It just looked like, you know, I'll be honest, Jenga's uh, Kong is someone I'm scared of. Um, I hope to never meet him. But yeah. No, I don't think you have to worry about meeting him in an alley. I think you have to worry more about meeting him in the, uh, in the wild jungle. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully that never happens. Touch wood. Um, but yeah, so... Uh, this match, you know, you talked about people getting dressed up. Old DB came to the ring as the Joker. Mm. Hey, looked pretty cool. I mean, the uh, the purple and green ensemble. Uh, I think um, I think Genghis also dressed as everyone's worst nightmare. The only problem is he just looks the same. <laughs> I was going to say Genghis uh, Kong just dressed up as uh, Genghis Kong. Still frightening. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Surprise. Uh, Surprise going is a bad guy, D.B. Robinson, because the Joker is uh, obviously Batman's most uh, famous villain, but I don't think D.B. wrestled like a villain. You know, maybe a villain way of winning, you would say. Um, what we see yeah, in these... Well, it wasn't the most righteous, but it's not as if he did anything wrong. That's the second time we've seen in this tournament that D.B.'s managed to sneak a victory after a distraction. That's very good that he's, although he's very, um, very new, very young uh, in wrestling, he's obviously he's got a little bit of um, maturity about him that he can actually see these situations and actually, although it may not be the right thing to do, but he knows to take advantage of them when they come his way. And that's right. And when it comes to the record books, there's never going to be an asterisk saying, oh, he won because of there was because of the distraction. What I'll say is he got the one, two, three in this date at this time. So, yes. D.B. Robinson, another good win. Yeah, another good win. And obviously what looked like a match that Genghis dominated um, out to the ring comes someone that he himself has been interfering in the um, affairs of. That's Dean Draven comes in and is able to, uh, you know, help out D.B., you would say. Well, I don't think it was as much as he's helping D.B. as more as he's hindering uh, Genghis Kong. So, hmm. hey, Kong wants to play with fire, he's going to get burned. Uh, you wouldn't want to mess with Dean Draven. No, you wouldn't. And so, yeah, so Dean comes in and uh, 
is able to distract Genghis and uh, DB comes up from behind on the roll up and he's able to get another upset, you would say. I think you could classify that as an upset, but mm. congratulations, DB. Looking forward to seeing more of him. Yeah, definitely, definitely looking forward to seeing more of DB. Uh, after this match, we get you know another bit of an insight into this mystic nation. Interesting, interesting. I'm liking what uh, what they're doing here at WrestleStrong Dojo. So not only do we see some tough matches, some hard-hitting matches, some highlights of matches, but we're seeing character development. We're seeing people. We're getting introduced to new characters consistently. Yeah, no, we are. And we get a little bit of a, a glimpse of someone who's possibly part of a mystic nation here. I'm assuming so. I'm Mystic Jess or Mystic Jessica. Or I'm not quite sure exactly what to call her yet. I mean, we've only just had a taste of uh, what's to come. So very interesting, I think. Uh, like I said, we've only just got a glimpse. Yeah, I'm loving it. I'm definitely, it's piqued my interest. I really do want to know more about this Mystic Nation. So I guess we've just got to keep watching. Um, hopefully we're able to find out more as uh, more episodes. watching. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not going to be very hard, I'd say. Um, and then after this, we, uh, you know, we get a promo from everyone's favorite winger, uh, Mr. <laughs> Shane Saw. If you take a, take a guess, you haven't seen what he was talking about, but what would you say, what would you guess that he'd be having a whinge about? If I were a betting man and you said, Sean, there's going to be a Shane Saw promo in tonight's episode, who do you think he's complaining about? And I'd say the short odds would have been WrestleStrong Dojo Management. <laughs> well, you know what? If you were to say WrestleStrong Dojo Management, you'd be correct. Yeah, who would have known? Although, you know, in his defense, you know, before he had a dig at WrestleStrong Dojo, he was actually a bit of gloating there about what he did to old um, Nate Carlo last week. Yeah, poor Nate Carlo. And they, unfortunately, we got to see another uh, replay of Nate Carlo copping those chair shots. But, uh, yeah, look, we've got to give Shane Saw one thing. He is persistent. Well, look, that persistence has uh, actually got him somewhere because he then is able to have a match with Adam Fakar. And if he's able to defeat Adam Fakar, he is going to be... Uh, entered into the heavyweight tournament. Well, and he's not only entered in just somewhere, he's entered in one of the heavy hitters, one of the favourites for the uh, for the title. The, the tournament's still ongoing, but Adam undefeated so far in the tournament. And here we are, Chainsaw gets into the match and, uh, well, surprise, surprise, does quite well. Well, does very well. He's um, able to pick up the victory in eight minutes and 30 seconds when he... Uh, well, you know, we talk about Dean Draven uh, coming into the match between D.B. Robertson and uh, Genghis Kong. Well, Shane Saw had a little bit of assistance, you would say, from the outside. Well, I think so. So early on, we saw them coming out. Uh, Adam Fakar as a um, a crusader, if you will. Um, obviously, not one of your favourite people, Elliot. <laughs> the no. Crusaders. No. <laughs> but... Uh, more, more, uh, one of the uh, Knights Templar kind of style. And we saw Chainsaw coming out as more of a Hannibal Lecter kind of mm. crazy man. <laughs> he had, I'm not even sure we got the name of his assistant, but uh, she was 
well, I'm not sure if she was there to make sure he didn't go mental on the whole crowd, but she was there ringside and after some good back and forth, I mean, a couple of really big moves from either, from both guys. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, oh, well, actually, I enjoyed everything. I can't really pinpoint exactly which part I enjoyed the most. I thought they really had a great match until, obviously, Shane sort of snuck the win after a bit of a distraction. Yeah, he was able to hit, uh, I think the move's called the Shane Reaction. Ooh, I love that. What a great name. Jeez, I'm loving Chainsaw even more now. Oh, jeez. Well, unfortunately, uh, for some of us that don't, we are going to be seeing a little bit more of Chainsaw because, as we said, he was able to defeat Adam Fakar and therefore be able to enter himself into the tournament. Um, this was a great match to watch, you know, regardless of what I think about Chainsaw. As you said yourself, this was a fantastic match to watch. I was... You know, in the beginning, I was like, this is awesome. Anna Fakar's going to take this guy and he's just going to rip him to shreds. He's going to make him tap and, you know, we won't be able to see him again on our screens. But he had a plan and he was able to execute that plan and uh, was able to get the victory. Uh, hey, he's, uh, he's well-traveled. I mean, we heard during commentary they said about his, uh, his exploits over in Japan and that, uh, you know, he's been around. This isn't his. Uh, this isn't his first rodeo, and uh, he managed to use all the um, guile, all that cunning, and uh, he got the one, two, three. A uh, big upset. Adam's been uh, been really strong so far. Adam Fakar, and uh, unfortunately for him, no, Chainsaw got the one, two, three tonight. Well, you know, like he he put him in the same move that El Mas um, tapped out to. Yep, the uh, the retribution, I believe it. I believe he calls it. Yeah. So um, obviously, unfortunately, the ref was un- distracted, so he wasn't able to see um, uh, Shane yep, saw submit quite clearly. He was tapping, but uh, hey, you can't blame the ref. He was distracted, and I, I think referee James has uh, the utmost integrity. So unfortunately, he was going to have to eat that one, Adam Shane saw with the win. And then we head into the main event of the episode. Um, we first see, you know, Alex writing a very polite email to Russell Strong Dojo mm-hmm. Management. I really like him, the way he presents himself and the way he goes about, you know, trying to get um, a little bit of justice for himself. He's not going to go out there, run out with a chair and hit people in the knee. He's just going to write a nice friendly email and, uh, yeah, I just really like him and his character. I mean, there was one point there in the email where he was going to write the words demand, but felt it was too, um, I don't know, it was too mean. <laughs> uh, what's there not to like about Alex Irvine? I mean, yes, he may be awkward, but if you searched up likable in the dictionary, there's going to be a lovely picture of him. Oh, definitely. And uh, this match was a rematch. Uh, because, you know, Alex goes about his business the right way, writes an email to Rissa Strong Dojo Management. They review the footage of the match and they then deem it uh, reasonable for a rematch. So good, good, good on Russell Strong Dojo for that as well. I mean, you can't question the integrity of the referee, as we said before. Um, obviously, he can't call what he can't see. However, uh, I think they did uh, their due diligence. They uh, thought about it, what is the right thing to do? And a rematch was probably the best course of action. Uh, Alex deserved it. Alex earned it. And we've got a hell of a match. In saying that, though, like, 
everyone gives referees a bad, uh, bad time. You know, they can only see what they can see. They can only adjudicate on, you know, what's in front of them. Um, at the same time, though, if we're going to go back on every sporting event and what have you, where a referee decision has, um, you know, determined, let's say, a match and replay it, like, for example, the NRL Grand Final last year, you know, what if we were to get a rematch because the Canberra fans, you know, they were like, oh, yeah, went to NRL management, NRL higher-ups, and they said, yeah, you know what, we'll give you guys a rematch because it was unfair that the ref, you know, may have got a uh, bad call, you know. I don't know. I just don't think that. I understand I understand your uh, point of view there, and I think Alex went around it the right way. Um, but you're right. You, you can't just continually try and get it like that. I mean, how Alex could have won earlier as well. I mm. mean, you, you can't just... Uh, blame the referee on that. And I don't think he blamed the referee. I, I think he, he just wanted a fair crack. And I think he, he went about it the exact right way. He earned his spot. And we saw a great match in the ring. Yeah, we did see a great match in the ring. Uh, the match going nine minutes when Alex was able to hit his finisher. There's a modified DDT. I mean, oof. Uh, he, he, may, he may be awkward in the ring, but that one, that's a knockout blow for anyone. Yeah, no, it is. And this match, I, I absolutely love this match. Um, there was even a moment there where it looked like it was a bit of deja vu, where it looked like Jake was just about to get the victory the same way that he did in the first match. But luckily, the I guess the ref, maybe a bit of pressure, knew that he had to be more on his game. He was just able to see at the last minute Jake having his legs on the ropes. Oh, very clever. Well done, referee James. I'm you there. Good to know. Uh, for me once. I mean, obviously, he went to the Jake Gibson went to the well one too many times. Uh, he got caught out, and uh, look great. And you heard the crowd. I was there that day. The crowd was hot for mm. this match. This is possibly the most excited and revved up I've seen a match uh, for the, the crowd. Sorry for a match, uh, and they were definitely ready and hungry for Alex to get his revenge. Uh, they both look great too. Um, once again, Halloween themed for them both. Uh, what would you say, Jay Gibson? A bit of a um, bit of a Lionheart, Chris Jericho. Yeah, he did look very similar to Chris Jericho. He probably doesn't get that a lot, but um, normally I wouldn't see a uh, connection there. But definitely on this episode, I only saw the connection this time because he had uh, a very similar T-shirt to what Jericho would have worn back in the day. Yeah. Circa 1999 or 1998, Chris Jericho, the yes. WCW Nitro League. Yeah. yeah. So that, thank you for that. I, I enjoyed that nostalgia trip there, Jake Gibson. And uh, we also got to see uh, Irvine, if he wasn't awkward enough, he was everyone's favourite street performer and mine. As soon as I saw him come out, I thought, you know what, for some reason, I just think that's that's perfect, um, perfect thing for him to get dressed up, dressed up as was a mime and he even tried a few mime moves in the uh, ring as well. Yeah. I, let's just say it, it may have worked slightly, but uh, yeah, let's, let's keep those ones away. Hey, Alex, <laughs> not, not, not as much mime in the next match. Yeah. Um, at one point, Alex tried to uh, reel in Jake with the, uh, 
invisible rope, you would say. But I think Jake was onto it and he thought he'd just play into it. And no doubt Alex probably at one point thought that it was working, but Jake uh, Jake knew what was happening and was able to counter that. Well, Jake must have scouted. Uh, obviously, I think he was another person who watched some uh, fight tape because he had a few, fair few of Alex's moves scouted in this. Uh, a couple of times, Alex tried to use some moves that were successful for him last time, but uh, not this time. Jake knew what was coming. Uh, he knew everything that was coming. Unfortunately, he forgot that Alex probably knew that as well. The commentators made note of it as well. Um, it was easy. You could definitely tell that Jake had done his homework and what was, uh, what was letting him down in their first match, all the awkwardness and all those kind of moves, he was able to definitely um, counter that. And uh, speaking of the commentators, we got the uh, Banjo Powers on commentary. I, I believe he and uh, Jake Gibson, a bit of, bit of a team going on. Well, I'm not so sure of a team, if not a friendship. Or uh, maybe even more of a friendship, the way that you heard uh, Banjo talking about him and even reacting at the end of the match to um, his friend's loss. Oh, yeah, he, he was quite upset. And can you blame him? I mean, uh, he was cheering for him, obviously, the whole match. And, uh, you know, Jake lost the title. I mean, we saw it right at the beginning of the episode. Jake was proudly rubbing yep. that belt. And, uh, you know, he, he put that thing on a pedestal. So to see him lose that title, what having Banjo Powers having to commentate his friend losing that title must have been hard for me. Yeah, it would have been hard. And yeah, you're right. At the top of the show, um, Jake just looks so he looks proud as punch because he's got that title over his shoulder. Um, and then to see the beginning, and then to see what happens in the end. You know, although people may not like Jake Gibson, you can't help but feel a little bit. Uh, sad for him inside, knowing how much that title meant to him, only for him to lose it. Well, he was proud as punch to start, and by the end of the episode, he was punch drunk. <laughs> he was poor Jake. So, uh, yeah, so we saw Alex win um, to become the second ever uh, WrestleStrong yeah. Dojo Junior Heavyweight Champion. Well done, Alex. I mean, the crowd was ready to see Alex get his, uh, get his vengeance on Jake Gibson. Uh, no, they love Alex as much as they dislike Jake. So the crowd loved that result. And that ends episode six. Um, another great episode from Wrestle Strong Dojo. Um, just we're starting to see what they're producing week in, week out. And I've got to say, I'm really excited with what they're uh, producing yeah, once again, in-ring quality is fantastic. Uh, all the matches shown were back and forth. I mean, we did see some people uh, really gaining momentum in their respective tournaments or, as we saw with Alex Irvine, managing to uh, wrestle off the title from Jake Gibson. Mm. We saw the debut of a couple of new characters or new character in Mystic nation for mystic jess we saw a bit more character out of db robertson and we saw a bit of a progression with the uh the duel really between uh genghis kong and dean draven it, it's coming to a head obviously they do not like each other so we got to see more and more in this episode it progresses each week and i'm loving it 
you know, Sean, I'm really looking forward to next week's episode, episode seven, The Decider. We've got three heavyweight matches, all part of the heavyweight tournament. Uh, we've got Almas Terrible versus Shane Saw. That'll be a beauty. Uh, oh, I'm Rock- really looking forward to that match. That That is one that I cannot wait to see. Uh, Elmas Terrible has been impressive so far. Uh, Shane Saw, you may not like him, and I can understand why a lot of people wouldn't, but he is must-see TV. Um, and the second match will be D.B. Robertson versus Adam Fakar. That'll be another awesome match. Oh, definitely. I mean, Adam stumbled late in this episode, and D.B. Robinson has picked up a couple of uh, oh, dubious wins, I guess. Uh, not, none of his own fault. So very interesting to see who can progress from there. Yeah, definitely. Um, see, And be interesting to see if D.B. is able to capitalise on this momentum that he's got. You know, as you said, a couple mm-hmm. of wins over some uh, pretty big uh, heavyweights. And then match three will be Dean Draven versus Nate Carlo. Yeah, poor Nate Carlo. Um, as we saw, he did get taken out a bit early by Shane Saw. So we haven't seen him since his uh, match with Elmas Terrible. So I'm looking forward to seeing some more of Nate Carlo. And uh, Dean Draven, always happy to see what he brings to the ring. Me too. And I'm looking forward to talking about it, reviewing it on the Wrestle Strong Dojo podcast. So, Sean, I'll catch you next week. Thank you very much, Elliot. And uh, I'll see you all. Oh, well, I see all you listeners. But, uh, but hey, if you see me, don't, don't, uh, don't be shy to buy me a coffee. <laughs> Sounds good. Anyway, I'll see you next week.